Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. Baseball is in full swing. NBA playoffs are heating up. And your NFL team is gearing up for training camp. Listen to the latest on the teams you love here on the Odyssey app. The biggest sports radio stations in the country providing unrivaled local coverage of their teams all in one place. Exclusive interviews with players, coaches, and team executives streaming live and always available on demand. Stay in the know with your favorite teams right here on the Odyssey app. Now, your Garcia Roofing forecast on WWL. Well, we're getting you ready for the Arctic air. That'll move in later tonight. So if you've got any last-minute preps you need to do outside, today will be a day to do it. We'll be in the 50s this afternoon. Could see a little bit of rain, though. And, you know, as that cold air gets here and if there's any rain left, we might see some patchy freezing drizzle on the North Shore. It looks like that's the most likely area to see some ice develop on bridges and overpasses later tonight. We'll want to keep an eye on that. That's once again north of the lake. Tonight, 20s on both sides of the lake and our high tomorrow's in the 30s and then even colder Tuesday night. We've got a hard pipe bursting freeze on both sides of our lake Tuesday night. Make sure you're protecting your four P's, people, pets, plants, and those pipes. From WWL Louisiana, I'm meteorologist Peyton Malone. Thank you, Peyton. Mostly cloudy across the metro area. 54 with a wind chill of 52 in both Kenner and in New Orleans. 49 degrees north of the lake in Slidell. WWL News Time is 9.08. I'm Ian Ozan. WWL First News. Now back to Tommy Tucker on WWLAMFMN.com. 9.08. Today is January 15th. Happy birthday. Tim, do you have any happy birthday music or not? If Tim can find it, please. If you can guess whose birthday today it is, I give you a hint. He's 45 years old. He was losing his hair, although the last time we saw him, apparently he refound it. Happy birthday, Drew Brees. 45 years young today. I saw that from Mike Dettelier, who tweeted that. And, Drew, we miss you, buddy. We do. Didn't realize how good we had it. Nothing against Derek Carr. There just are not that many Drew Breeses. To go around. Happy birthday, Drew. All right, 910. We're talking to Thomas Farley now, Mr. Manners, an etiquette expert and columnist to talk about office etiquette. I know today they said is Blue Monday. A lot of people feel down. You want to try to keep your feelings, I would think, out of the office place. Let, let's welcome in Thomas Farley. Where? Uh, how you doing, Thomas? I'm doing great, Tommy. How are you? Thanks so much for having me back. I'm well, sir. Thank you. Where are you was my next question because it's so cold all over the country. I am in Arctic, New York City. And define that, please, if you will. Like how cold? Uh, We're in the we're in the 20s today um, with very high winds. So uh, you step outside and you immediately are craving returning right back inside. (laughs) How does one get to be a keynote speaker and an etiquette expert as you are? Oh, gosh. Well, it's, it's been a journey. I, uh, I began my career in this space. I was an editor for a publication that you may know called Town & Country. And at that magazine, I had a column called Social Graces. And it proved to be one of the more popular columns in the magazine. And I think the reason for its popularity, we talked about everyday issues that people faced 
uh, in their daily lives. So people often think of etiquette and they kind of immediately and stereotypically go to things like teacups and debutante parties. And, and yet etiquette really, um, it's a French word, which means ticket. Um, I think of it as your ticket to getting along with other people and your, your, your ticket to better interactions and a better life. So I was able to parlay the uh, role I had at the magazine editing this column for just about a decade into a book which came out, and that book was called Modern Matters. And once the book came out, uh, I really found that there was a huge amount of interest in this idea of contemporary etiquette and contemporary behavior and the way we interact and the way we can be better versions of ourselves. And so there, very shortly thereafter followed a lot of TV work and newspaper work and radio work and conversations such as this one with you. And, um, and I realized beyond all this wonderful media exposure I was getting, there had to be a way to bring this message to corporations and to university groups. So I began doing workshops around the country and keynote speeches. And I just, I feel very, very fortunate because I'm doing something I'm passionate about. Um, there's a great need for it. And uh, you know, everyone you talk to says, gosh, etiquette is just getting worse. Uh, and I remember when I was a kid, things were so much better and things are terrible now, whether it's a workplace or a home environment. And the ability to be able to speak to people on that level, expand their horizons of what they think of as etiquette, uh, it's, it's been just a, a terrific journey. And I'm, I'm looking forward to, to what is still to come. And as you say that, it popped into my mind, I even wrote it down, better versions of ourselves, because sometimes we look at etiquette as, and as it relates to the workplace, keeping ourselves out of trouble, but maybe a better way to look at it is to be better versions of ourselves, right? Because look, Thomas, I don't want to hurt anybody's feelings. I really don't. The last thing in the world I want to do is that. And I also don't want to get into trouble. So I guess it doesn't have to be mutually exclusive, right? No, not at all. And, you know, it's, I'm so glad you picked up on that point, Tommy, because, I, you know, for, for the skeptics out there and for the skeptics who are sometimes dragged into my workshops by their employers and they think, oh, gosh, what's this going to be? Again, the, the whole teacup thing is, is what people envision. Mm-hmm. They very quickly realize it's not that. And they're often my biggest fans and, and supporters after the fact. Um, but to just get them on board, I will often start off by saying you may think that good etiquette sounds either fussy or a whole lot of work. You know, you might you might take the position, well, why why do I have to be the good one in this interaction? Why can't other people just be better toward me? And the fact is that from a purely selfish standpoint, having good etiquette makes you more likable, which makes you more likely to land dates, to land business, to land friends. It just jobs. it makes jobs yeah. absolutely. So your your life as a consequence of being that person who's mindful of etiquette is is going to drastically improve. And the, my hope is once you start doing it, even if it's for purely selfish reasons and it's not it's authentic, but it's for for reasons other than ones that are particularly generous, um, it becomes such second nature that it no longer feels like effort anymore, and you actually start to really enjoy it. Well, and if we're going to be honest, we do everything we can to be the best versions of ourselves unless we're slobs or we have low self-esteem or we're independently wealthy and we feel as though we don't have to because it goes from the clothes you wear to, to shaving to bathing to this, that, the other thing. What you're talking about is really just an extension of that, is it not? 
It's true. It's true. I mean, it's easy. And I think we, we really saw this uh, during the pandemic and post-pandemic as people started migrating back to their offices. They become so accustomed to, uh, you know, all but wearing pajamas uh, in their, on their Zoom calls or, you know, business on top, party on the bottom, as, as some would say, you know, they were throwing a blazer, but, you know, but they're in their boxer shorts that were never seen on camera, hopefully never seen, um, that suddenly people had to go back to work and to offices and they weren't feeling the desire to get dressed up anymore. And yet, especially for people who, young people who are truly just starting out their careers, making those positive impressions and showing that, yeah, sure, okay, we might be business casual, but business casual has a whole lot of different interpretations. If you were that, that young, burgeoning executive who really puts in the extra effort, guess who's going to get noticed? Guess who's going, you know, you, you show that you care about the small details of your appearance. Well, by extension, that means you also care about the small details of your job and the important details of the job. Um, and, and again, you're going to be the one getting promoted and getting the opportunities thrown your way. Let's start. Let's start with uh, how you dress, because I recently, well, recently over the year, lost 80 pounds and I had to buy new clothes. And, and I got to tell you, I had gone the, the fat guy route of the cargo shorts and the um, and the Hawaiian shirts. And then I look back at pictures and it's like, you know, Tommy, you really weren't fooling anybody but yourself. But that being said. Subsequently, I, I bought some decent clothes, slacks and jackets and so forth, and I noticed that I'm treated differently when I go into grocery stores and everything else just because of the way I'm dressed. And, and, and that's not an uncommon thing, is it, Thomas? No, it's not. And, and first of all, congratulations on your weight loss. Well, that's you. fantastic. Um, I, no, it's, it's not uncommon. And you, you might say, and some people might say, well, it's unfortunate. Why do we have to be so... Uh, so surface that something like weight or clothing matter. And, uh, you know, you really, you take it back. This is, it's in our DNA. It's, it's evolutionary that we respond to appearances, uh, you know, prehistoric civilizations. They perhaps didn't even have language, but they had sight and they could look at someone and immediately within a few seconds establish, is this person friend or foe? And is this someone that I want to mate with? Is this is someone I want to be friends with. And that, that really was all we had to go by. And that instinct is still deep within all of us. And it's shaped by culture. It's shaped by our upbringing. But absolutely 100%, like it or not, uh, we are judged by the way we show up and by the way we dress. And the more attention you put into that, the more positive attention and um, breakthroughs that are going to come through for you. Let's talk about that in the workplace in terms of dress and age appropriateness. Um, certainly there are different styles and fashions for somebody that is 25 than is 55. Um, how, do you, how do you sort all of that or, or solve that Rubik's Cube of fashion, if you will, Thomas? It's, it's challenging. And I, I mentioned the phrase uh, business casual earlier. You know, time was, you know, 20 years ago, and you might have been in any sort of office. And if you were a man, you were in a white collar position. You were most likely wearing a jacket and tie. Uh, if you were a woman, perhaps even slightly before that, you were most likely wearing a dress or some kind of a skirt and heels and pantyhose. Um, you know, all of those standards have really been greatly relaxed. And, and what we're left with now is this kind of confusing landscape where business casual can mean very different things to different people. 
And, uh, and I think uh, even, and I do actually do a workshop, a whole program called Dress for Success. And people find themselves very confused. They, they show up and they think, well, uh, you know, uh, uh, khakis and uh, a sport shirt is, is fine, is, is acceptable. And it may well be. And yet even within that, there are a whole realm of ways that you can interpret khakis and a sport shirt, you know, starting with the basics that seem so obvious. But, uh, you know, is it wrinkled? Is it stained? Does it fit you well? Is it too tight? Is it too baggy? Uh, you know, all, it does, it, is it plastered with logos? So really the fine details do make a difference. And uh, something I hear about quite a lot, not so much during the Arctic wave that we're all experiencing across the country right now, but certainly in the summertime, is this is when standards really seem to start to slip. And I hear from companies Wait, now where or in the summertime? In in the in the summertime, yeah, okay, is when the is when the standards really really slip. So we don't see it so much now, where people are wearing tons of layers uh, to the office. Um, although maybe if the office is super hot because of heating, they're they're shedding those layers when they get into the office. But typically, it's the summer when I really hear this complaint from HR directors. It's that people are simply dressing in not just sloppy but inappropriately. And that can be that they're wearing flip-flops to the office. It can be wet for a woman, something that's either too short or too low cut. Um, So my standard there is if you, as the employee getting dressed for work in the morning, can rightly look into a full-length mirror, not not the, the medicine cabinet version of you, which doesn't give you the full picture. So everyone really needs to have that full-length mirror at home. Look in that full-length mirror, and as you look, is there anything you notice that's a mess? Of course, that would be number one. But number two, ask yourself the question, do I look hot? And we're not talking temperature here. We're talking mm-hmm. looks. Do I look hot? And if the answer to that question is yes, then you really should be turning around and changing to something that instead says, do I look capable? Do I look professional? Do I look trustworthy? And if you can answer those questions affirmatively, then head on out the door and do a great job at work. Do I look hot? Have that be the question that you should ask yourself if you're going out to a singles bar, you're going out to a nightclub and you want to meet someone. Absolutely. But work do I look hot is not the question you should be answering yes. That is a litmus test that we all should remember, not that I've, I don't think I've ever looked hot in my life, but I understand what you're saying. Right. Along those lines, are shorts somebody texted in ever appropriate for the workplace? Uh, if, we're, if we're talking about a, a blue-collar uh, situation where you're out in the field doing all sorts of uh, you know, work in a hot environment, sure. But if we're talking about an office environment, uh, I'd be hard-pressed to find any scenario where shorts would be appropriate. And that that goes for men or for women. Somebody texted in, I'm 54. I'll wear my 21-year-old daughter's clothes all the time. Y'all need to stop. I I guess it depends on what the 21-year-old daughter's clothes are, right? Because, again, if you look hot, going back to that litmus test, and you're in a business environment, then maybe it's time, whether they're your clothes or your daughter's, to turn around and change. That's right. And and I would think this is really going to be industry-specific, too. You know, are you working for uh, a record company where to look, you know, trendy and hip is a vital, uh, important part of the workplace environment? Well, perhaps, and if you can truly pull it off, kudos to you to be, you know, in your 50s and to be able to wear something, uh, you actually fit something that your 21-year-old wears. Um, But on the other hand, if you're dressing in something that's age non-appropriate, people are probably going to be talking about you behind your back and and for not the right reasons. 
So I'd, I'd stick to something that's that's age appropriate. And and candidly, even if you are that 20 year old wearing something that's too outlandishly trendy, again, unless it's the culture of your specific office, I would say you don't want them talking about what you're wearing in any sense, because then they're not talking about the good job that you're doing. They're focusing on the surface elements, which really should not be the focus. Now, let me take a break. We'll pick it up here. we come back. And I wanted to start with appearance and clothing and so forth, because that is I guess the first thing that people judge you on, right, Thomas Farley? And then from there, it goes to your actions, what you say and do and how you carry yourself? That's right. Seven seconds we have to make that first impression, and what you're wearing is a big part of that. Wow. And and real quick before we go to the break, when you mentioned ill-fitting clothing, you you really want to spend the extra money if you need to to get it kind of tailored a little bit to fit you better? That's right. We're not talking about spending tons of money on the clothing always, but spend money on a good tailor to make sure it fits your body well. Thank you. We'll take it a break. Pick it up here. We'll come back. Y'all got any questions? 504-260-1870. I'd love to pass them along to Thomas Farley etiquette. It's about, um, what was that you said, Thomas? It's about what ticket you said, right? That's right. Etiquette means ticket in in the French language. And that's what this is. Ticket to success. Back in a flash. WWL. Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. Baseball is in full swing. NBA playoffs are heating up. And your NFL team is gearing up for training camp. Listen to the latest on the teams you love here on the Odyssey app. The biggest sports radio stations in the country providing unrivaled local coverage of their teams all in one place. Exclusive interviews with players, coaches, and team executives streaming live and always available on demand. Stay in the know with your favorite teams right here on the Odyssey app. Always a good conversation when we talk with Thomas Farley, Mr. Manners, an etiquette expert and columnist. And it's not about um, holding your pinky out when you drink your tea at wherever you drink your tea. This is about making your best, um, being your best version of yourself, making your best impression. Like Thomas said, you got seven seconds to do that. So, and going back to clothing, I don't want to spend a lot of time on this, Thomas, but Ill-fitting, expensive clothing is not as good as well-fitting clothing that might not be as expensive. Accurate? That is so true. And I know as we've turned the clock into 2024, many people are making New Year's resolutions. A lot of them have to do with losing weight. Uh, You know, if you're holding on to that really expensive piece of clothing because you, you believe that you're going to fit into it and you haven't fit into it in 20 years... I'd, I'd far rather see you just get rid of it and focus on something that really flatters your body, uh, your current body, and uh, and will be sending the best possible message of who you are wherever you go. And we've been talking about the workplace, but of course, this extends to anytime you walk out your door. You're, you're being observed and people are forming impressions of you. And of course, I'm the anomaly, but not only did I get back in the suits that I couldn't fit in, I, I can't fit in them because they're too big and they couldn't be altered so the Salvation Army got him and now everybody's happy. Somebody texted in about flirting in the workplace. 
Is there any way that there is ever an appropriate time to flirt in the workplace? Uh, you know, this is a it's really dangerous territory and, and has become increasingly so as as we've been become more more aware and, and as Me Too has has kind of elevated our consciousness on, on these issues. I think if you are um, first of all, if you are someone that's supervisor, you should not be flirting with them. You should not be making them feel at all uncomfortable that if, if your advances are, are rebuffed, that they will suffer uh, some sort of consequence in the workplace. Um, but if you work in, say, different departments or you happen to work for the same company, but you actually don't ever see one another during the course of the day, except as random occasion where you happen to meet, uh, different story. So I, I think long and hard about uh, any kind of flirtation that could be misinterpreted. And you might think that it's not, it shouldn't be misinterpreted at all. Um, and yet the fact is that something, simply because somebody's not rebuffing it very uh, obviously does not mean that they are appreciating it. So I'd, I'd be really wary. And I think that the best case scenario is two people who happen not to work with one another. No one supervises the other. And if, if you sense at all that you're not being picked up on with your signs that you're putting out there, then you drop it and you move on to someone else who doesn't work for the company you do. And I think you need to think it through because if it doesn't work out, you're still working with that person, right? That's exactly right. Now, I say this as um, as the son of two people who, who met, met at work. Um, working, they did. Yeah. They did. They met at, they worked at the same bank. But um, but that, that was said, then. They, that, that was then, and also they did not work together. Wow. Uh, my mother was a teller, and my father worked on the marketing team. Um, so the only time he ever saw my mom uh, was when he went to cash his check on Friday. Um, and that was how they met, and they struck up a friendship that became a dating relationship that became a marriage. And it worked out wonderfully. But again, no one was supervising the other, and they did not work on the same team. But they did have to go. Uh, they, the company did have a policy against uh, fraternization, and when they wanted to go out on a date, they had to try and select a restaurant that was far from where any of the executives might be having lunch so that they wouldn't be spotted out together, which was kind of, I'm sure, added to the excitement of the relationship. And you would be the return on the investment, I guess, right? I guess, right? That's right. My, my, my three siblings and me would be, a, would be a substantial return on the investment, yes, this, I, this, I would this, like to think. This is an interesting question here because it, it, it has a couple of different levels. Um, somebody texted in, this is Jordan, as a matter of fact, our producer. Your mother was a teller and your father was a pen. <laughs> nice, right. Jordan. Nicely done. Yes. Yes, um, pen and teller. I never, of, never thought of that. Speaking yes. of working well. in his pajamas. A 42-year-old man's hitting on my 21-year-old daughter in a workplace. She's asked him to stop multiple times. I'm still deciding where to go with this. Now, this, to me, Thomas, has a lot of layers because, first of all, should the 42-year-old be getting involved with the 21-year-old daughter's workplace? And secondly, the daughter doesn't have to to put up with that. So take me through that mess. Yeah, well, certainly no, no person should have to put up with that. I mean, and regardless of the age of this individual who's, who's the hitter honor, uh, it's, it's inappropriate. And, and if that message is being put out there and being ignored, um, it needs to be escalated. Right, so even if the guy's like, 22 and hitting on a 21-year-old and she doesn't want it, it's still not acceptable. It's still unwanted. That's right. Exactly. And if it's unwanted, it's unacceptable. So this idea of, oh, she's just playing hard to get or I need to you know, change my game a little bit to finally win her over. Uh, you know, it's time to drop it and move on to someone else and, and probably someone closer to, to his age, although not necessarily. Um, but I think the main issue here is it's not wanted. 
it's a workplace situation. I, I applaud her for standing up for herself. Perhaps she hasn't done so as strongly as she might. We don't know. Um, but if she has and it's still being ignored, then she really needs to escalate it, and that's likely going to someone in human resources to but, have a conversation. But along those lines, is the 42-year-old father any, um, any party to this at all? Uh, you know, it's, it's so hard to say. Perhaps it's, it's really hard for me to say based now, on Now, maybe with the daughter, giving the daughter advice, but not the 42-year-old father is not a party to what's going on in the daughter's workplace, is he? No, no, certainly not. I mean, again, that, you know, we don't know all the details right. here, but it doesn't doesn't seem to me like like he would be responsible in that sense. Um, but but no, I, I I would not be putting blame at his feet. Somebody, sounds like he's he's concerned and he wants to he wants to help his daughter from the sounds of it. Somebody texted in about swearing, and and I I guess if you drop something on your toe, that's different than maybe using some graphic language that could border on harassment or jokes that are very questionable. Take me through that maze, if you will, please, Thomas. I, I, you know, I really, I'm not, a, it's not surprisingly, perhaps, Tommy, I'm not a big fan of cursing by anyone. Well, it doesn't show I, a command of the English language, I'll tell you that. It sure doesn't, and it also doesn't show a command of your temper. So for someone who feels like they have no choice but to curse because they're so angry, uh, it really it shows that you you just are not in control of your emotions and yes you're not you're not in control of the English language which has so many words that we can use that are not curses I, I think much like the item the, the items of apparel that you choose to put on the words that you choose are ways that people will judge you and I think you're going to be judged uh, in this case rightly more harshly. Uh, for using that sort of language, so I'd advise against it. Now, are, you know, are there scenarios that absolutely call for no other word than a curse word because the situation is so extreme? Uh, you know, I will grant that, perhaps. Uh, but where it becomes an every other word sort of thing or an everyday occurrence, I think that really shows uh, poor choices on the part of the person using the curse words. Well, apparently this text came from the same person, and it's not a man. It's a woman whose daughter is being hit on, but this same person also texted in and said, you should always try to look sexy as hell, um, and you don't have to look trashy to look sexy, but then the 21-year-old daughter, and this is the same person that was wearing the 21-year-old daughter's clothes, I just realized these are all from the same number, um, Difference between sexy and 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 trashy. Uh, you know, I'm I'm so I'm gonna have to push back on that. Uh, you know, unless I don't know the type of establishment that you're working in. I mean, certainly there's the case to be made, and I think this is unfortunate. We heard this from servers, restaurant servers, that uh, you know, if a server is a woman and she wears something particularly revealing, her tips are going to be higher. Uh, you know, so you know, if that's if that's your goal and what you're curing about is how much money can I possibly make and not can I be respected in my place of work? Well, you know, I, I can't force your hand on that, on that decision that you're making. Um, but I would say ultimately, if you're in an office environment, even if you felt like, uh, you know, the women in the office who are being promoted are the ones who are always the ones wearing the, the tight revealing outfits. I frankly, I think I'd, I, in addition to wanting to change my outfit, I'd want to change my company. I would not want to be working as you know, someone in a, an environment where that was the criteria for whether you'd be noticed and, uh, and promoted. I'm getting a lot of texts about tipping 
and about splitting bills. One of them says, I have a weenie pencil-necked brother-in-law who seems surprised when we go out to dinner every time when the bill comes and is extremely cheap. I wind up paying it and angers me. Um, <laughs> you can address that. Apparently some hostility there with the weenie pencil-necked brother-in-law. We'll pick it up when we come back. Talking to Thomas Farley, Mr. Manners, an etiquette expert and columnist. I'm guessing, Thomas, uh, uh, weenie pencil next brother-in-law would be rude in and of itself, would it not? I, I guess there are worse ways of describing someone, but I don't think I'd be too pleased if my brother ever described me that way, yeah, for sure. Right. Let's take a break. We'll pick it up. We come back. Questions, comments, 504-260-1870. Tommy Tucker back in a flash, WWL. couple of minutes left, 9.45, quarter till 10, talking to Thomas Farley, Mr. Manners, an etiquette expert, columnist. Of course, Thomas, I remind you, you're under oath, and we have the right to recall you in a future date, okay? Uh, I got it. Absolutely. My pleasure. All right. So so take me through this whole um, dining thing, splitting checks, people won't pay, who to tip, who not to tip. Help me out. Sure. Well, we all need a lot of help in this area, especially lately, Tommy. So tipping has gone, we say, past the tipping point where everywhere we go for every bagel we buy, every muffin we buy, every bottle of water, we're being asked, would you like to tip? How much? 10, 15, 20, sometimes up to 30 percent tip. And people are feeling confused. They're feeling imposed upon. Um, And unfortunately, and this is this is a consequence of that. um, The studies are showing that people are actually starting to tip less for sit-down restaurant service because they feel that their tipping budget has been so tapped out by all these other tips that they're giving out for everyday interactions. Mm -hmm. Uh, So it's it's confusing. Um, It's happened for a variety of reasons, and perhaps maybe on another show we can talk about the background of all that. But I think my general advice would be that any individual who is interacting with someone in a uh, service situation has to be mindful of what's the level of service they've, they've received. Has someone simply dragged a plastic water bottle over a QR code or, or a barcode scanner and said, okay, that'll be five ninety nine. Uh, how much would you like to tip? Um, in those scenarios, just because a screen comes up prompting for a tip does not mean that you are at all obligated to do so. On the other hand, of course, in a restaurant where you're sitting down and getting service, that's customary and that is mandatory. But those kind of discretionary areas, I would say perhaps your favorite coffee shop where you walk in, they know your name, they know your order, they make your your cappuccino to perfection. Those individuals, I rightly think, are earning some sort of a tip. How much is really up to you? Um, but we're living in, a, in an era where we're seeing tipping requests in more places than ever before, and I think that is only going to continue. As far as the check splitting and, and somebody that chronically is a free rider and refuses to pick up a check and uh, take me through that. What's the proper etiquette this, here? This is, this is someone who you need to stop going out to dinner with, mm. period, end of story. I mean, if this is the chronic, you know, back in the day, you could forget your wallet and whether truly, fakely forget your wallet or really forget your wallet, there was with little that you could do after the fact except perhaps write someone a check and mail it to them or just give them some cash the next time you see them. We're living in an age where that's no longer an excuse. With Venmo and payment apps, there's no reason that if you've forgotten your wallet, if that's the real issue, uh, that you can't pay someone immediately. And candidly, if you can't afford to be paying and you're doing this on an ongoing basis, 
you're a freeloader and you should not be dining out. Uh, you know, not everyone has the, has the budget to dine out at a certain level, and that's fine. But don't accept those invitations thinking that you're going to be treated each and every time because people are going to start resenting you and not want to be out with you anymore. I, I used to have that issue, and, and, and it happened chronically. And, and one time he did take his wallet out, and it was... <sighs> And, and a bunch of dust came off of the wallet. It was cobwebs and everything else. I hate when that happens. Thomas, how can yeah. people find out more about you and the stuff you do? Sure, Tommy. Thank you. I'm at Mr. Manners on both X and Instagram, and the website is Mr. Spelled Out hyphen Manners.com. I think this is valuable stuff, not just um, in terms of not offending anybody, but as you said, Thomas, and as we began to put forth our better versions of ourselves. Thank you, sir. Have a nice day. We'll talk to you again soon. My pleasure, Tommy. Thank you so we much. move on to Ash. Baseball is in full swing. NBA playoffs are heating up. And your NFL team is gearing up for training camp. Listen to the latest on the teams you love here on the Odyssey app. The biggest sports radio stations in the country providing unrivaled local coverage of their teams all in one place. Exclusive interviews with players, coaches, and team executives streaming live and always available on demand. Stay in the know with your favorite teams right here on the Odyssey app. Thank you.